This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast. This is Carl Valeri. I'm joined with Robert Geyer. And uh, tonight, we're going to talk about considerations for choosing the right airline for your career. But before we get started, a quick announcement. The 2017 Aerospace Scholarships Guide has been updated. So if you're in an iTunes store under the iBooks uh, and also on Amazon, you can download the new versions there. Remember, we are going away from the online directory and we're going towards just putting on Amazon and the iBooks store. It seems to be getting into people's hands quicker. It's a much better resource. And a big shout-out to M0A, uh, and thanks to Jason Shepard there for the big shout-outs. Uh, he also has a scholarship in that guide. If you have a scholarship, by the way, send it to us. If you have an idea for the scholarships guide, please send it to feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Also, if you have any questions, send them in. Uh, but uh, we aren't going to answer questions tonight because we have a really big topic to talk about. Uh, it's going to take a little while to, to discuss this, but uh, one of the things that I love to talk about is how to figure out where to go in your career. Uh, so anyway, there's you know there are many airlines out there to choose from, uh, and how do you get to know which airline to choose given the options? Uh, in some circumstances, it might be an easy choice given we might choose just the first one to call on or only receive an invite from just one carrier. Others might receive multiple offers and need to evaluate their options. Some might just be trying to decide which airlines to submit their applications to. Many make a decision based on black hour pay alone, but is there more to consider when making that will be a major life decision. So let's look further into different considerations when deciding on which airline will be best fit for you, and that's really important. And again, joining me, he's actually muted right now because he is in the middle of a storm. Uh, there's a big hurricane out there in, in Houston, Texas. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Robert Geyer. Hey, Carl. Greetings. Good to be with you. Uh, yes, and I apologize in advance for any audio quality. Uh, the internet here is running really slow, but the fact that we have power in internet is actually uh, is amazing. So uh, we're doing okay. In these situations, Robert, uh, this is interesting. So let's bring this up here. Airlines have contingency planning as far as you know, shutting down airports, etc. We have. Oh, and by the way, check out the show notes on this episode. There's a picture of Hobby Airport that was uh, sent in by one of Robert's uh, coworkers. Pretty scary. If you look at the picture, to the right of the picture is where the runway used to be. <laughs> That's underwater. Pretty phenomenal. What uh, Going back to what the airlines do, normally what they do is they evacuate the aircraft. And a lot of times they look at, and this is kind of important what we're talking about today, a lot of times they look for people to help them out and move the airplanes. And uh, a lot of times they'll give you some overtime uh, to do that, to move aircraft out of uh, harm's way as, as it may be. In this case, I'm hoping there are no airplanes uh, in that area, and hopefully all the people have uh, decided to stay at home and are hunkered down somewhere, if home's not safe, somewhere that is safe. And our thoughts and prayers go out to those people that have been affected in this storm and those that we don't even know about right now. Uh, but uh, keep safe out there. This is going to be a, a cleanup effort that's going to go on for, 
for months, that's for sure. Uh, anyway, that's Hurricane Harvey right now that's hitting the U.S. If you're listening to this uh, months from now, uh, Robert. Anyway, let's let's uh, you know get started here. I know uh, one of the things that's happened to you is that you're able to do this podcast because you're at home uh, because you your schedule got dropped because the airport is shut down. So, and I know we have some connectivity issues. So uh, we're just going to ask the audience to you know please you know be patient with us. We're going to go through this list that Robert actually is the one that promoted this list and said, hey, this is a great idea to talk about, and I think it's a wonderful idea. So, Robert, why don't you start us off with, uh, you know, we have a list of six things when you're trying to decide what the best fit is for you. So what's number one, Robert? Hi, Carl. Yeah, number one, uh, well, first, you know, when you're talking about which airline to go to and which one uh, to get hired at, uh, a lot of times it's, hey, I'll go to the first one that calls, and uh, usually that typically seems to be the where most people end up, but uh, if you have choices or you have specific airlines that you are targeting to try to to try to target to put your uh, applications and resumes into, uh, one of the first things you might want to look at is the health and longevity of the airline. Um, so we have a couple different things that go with that. Uh, you know, what's the stability of the airline? Uh, how long have they been around? Uh, what are their you know their projected uh, growth in the future and uh, their financials and uh, all those things are are uh, very good to consider when you're looking at so when we're looking at all these things, the the health and longevity of the airline, one thing you have to also realize is that nothing is set in stone. In other words, there are a lot of times when there's a, an event, there's a watershed event. For instance, 9-11. Uh, you're talking about growth, uh, stability and financials. You know, that's it's interesting. That's usually historical data. You never know what the future will gr- bring. Growth is important, what their growth pl- plans are. For certain people, joining a new airline might be good because they know they can make captain uh, really quickly. With 9-11, we had healthy airlines all of a sudden uh, make a big 180 and start furloughing quite quite a few people. So uh, be able to look at some of the financials, know some of the key terms in the industry. There's a lot of good books out there on the internet as far as rasms, chasms, and uh, prasms. <laughs> and if you want to know what all those things mean that I just said, go out there and do, do a little bit of research. Maybe we'll uh, put some links out there to terminology in the industry. These are things you're going to start hearing uh, and when you talked about financials, I think it's a really good idea to start looking into, uh, you know, some of the, the meetings to go to the not you don't have to go to them you can go online and listen to all the meetings for the potential airlines uh, that you actually want to go work for. And by that, I mean, quarterly meetings, annual meetings, shareholder meetings, all those type of things. A lot of them have them on the Internet and they actually are streamed. Uh, let's see. OK, number two, I'll do number two uh, is the airline's mission and your flying preference. This is really important. Important. This is important to me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put interject my opinion on some of the things. Uh, long haul, short haul, passenger or cargo. Those are the things you're looking at. Long haul. Do you want to go really far away? Do you want to go to the other ends of the earth? Say, go to China. From you're in the U.S. right now, and you want to. Or do you want to just fly up and down the East Coast? Do you want to be home every night? Uh, obviously, if you're a long-haul carrier, you're not going to be home every night. Uh, so that's you're prone to more short-haul. The good thing, too, is some of the airlines have both short-haul and long-haul. Uh, there's a couple other options, too, passenger and cargo with passenger flying. Uh, there's a couple cool things. Number one, you have flight attendants you can hang out with on the overnights and, and do things with. Uh, and the other downside is you have flight attendants you have to hang out with on the, I'm just kidding. There's uh, the, the passengers can have its challenges and the challenge being that, uh, you know, you have to be able to interact with other people. And if you don't like people, maybe passenger flying is not for you. So you have to look at cargo. The thing with cargo is 
And this is interesting. A lot of there's some misconception on the cargo world. Everybody thinks that cargo carriers they all fly at night all night long. And yes, that's true for most. But I have friends that fly, and actually Robert and I know somebody who flies primarily during the day because of the routes that he chooses to fly. Uh, actually, I do a lot of uh, night flying. More night. I actually have done more night flying than my buddy who works for a cargo carrier. So that can actually happen uh, to you. And uh, one of the things that I think that's that's really cool about uh, the passenger flying too is you get to go to some some really neat resort towns, etc. cetera. Uh, sometimes it's kind of weird. You know, you, you show up at a destination and your passenger is actually there and you're, you go down to the bar and you have, you know, a beer and a dinner and they're like looking at you, oh, didn't you just fly in? It's like, yes, I just flew in. I'm not flying until tomorrow, so it's okay that I have this beer. Uh, so that that's kind of important to, to make sure that when you are working for an airline and you are on an overnight, you actually act properly. And that can kind of be a little bit tough when you start seeing your, your passengers on the overnight. But uh, again, the long haul folks and the cargo people, they actually a lot of times stay at the same hotels that we do. So there can be uh, no difference there as far as the neat destinations you get to go to. Cargo carriers actually get to go to some other places we don't. Uh, the other thing is with a you know a cargo and a passenger, passenger carriers, you usually walk through the terminal in uniform. Cargo carriers, sometimes you're nowhere near the terminal. You're on the other side of the airport. Another thing about cargo I love is uh, they always get me home when I need to get home. I commute as an airline pilot. You can commute on passenger and cargo carriers, and it's kind of fun to actually FedEx yourself home, as I like to say. Done that quite a few times. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, on the next one, uh, Robert, what's number three? Sorry, Carl, having a little technical difficulty here. I'm back with you. Uh, number three uh, is going to be uh, talking about uh, where do you want to live, um, and uh, that's an important thing. And as you you talked about a lot in the, in the last couple of uh, podcasts, uh, why you chose to move and where you chose to move to, um, uh, because you don't want to commute. So uh, cities uh, that you might live in or want to reside in or uh, make it uh, easy to target where you'd possibly want to apply to because commuting versus non-commuting we've talked about this before and you've hammered this point home on on other podcasts but man commuting versus non-commuting it's it's a totally different life it is a totally different ball game um if you choose to commute um which is doable uh and, and people do it all the time but it might make it a little bit harder if you want to pick up uh, extra trips out of base uh, and you're just hanging around a day you got a free day and you want to pick up for extra money you can't so much do that as commuting. Um, and uh, also, what kind of options do you have for your commute? If you choose to commute, uh, you might live in a city where they have a lot of frequency from many different airlines to get to uh, your domicile where you're based out of. Uh, so that might be uh, that might be a consideration. Like, let's say you lived in Boise and, and you wanted to commute to San Francisco. Well, you might have a lot of of different options uh, versus if you chose an airline that only had East Coast domiciles, well, you're going to have very few options here. Your commute's going to be a lot harder. Uh, so those are considerations. And uh, what does that do to your quality of life? So um, you want to look at where the domiciles are for that particular airline, uh, where uh, where you want to live, and uh, bring that in your considerations and your overall considerations on where you're going to choose to be. 
You know, Robert, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I did uh, hammer this home just because of my whole move recently. As a matter of fact, as we're recording this, tomorrow I start my last trip as a commuter. Uh, I actually uh, start my last trip where I have to commute to work and then have to commute home. Uh, just to, to give you some numbers to help you out with certain decisions. And uh, I'm actually going to be in a city that has serviced almost every country in the world. And that's kind of cool. And also, I'm going to be close to uh, Orlando, and that's where I'm going to be based out of. The other thing that you have to look at, like you said, is picking up trips. You'll be able to do that and make a little bit more money. But to, just a, a good idea as to how much time I'll save. I'll save a good day, half a day to a day every week, just commuting back and forth to work. And uh, a lot of people think, well, it's not that far from where I am to where I need to go. Well, sometimes there's only one flight available. And for instance, tomorrow I have to show up at work at 5 p.m., but sometimes I have to leave home at like 8 a.m. just to get to work at 5 p.m. And I'm going to work from 5 p.m. all the way to midnight or 1 in the morning. So that's a heck of a long day. Whereas if I'm near base, all I have to do is get in my car and drive to work. And that's nothing. Instead of spending a whole day getting to work, I'm spending an hour getting to work. So it's huge. When you look at the, the number of hours you save, it's like any other person in any job. If you look at living close to work as opposed to being far away from work, it's just compounded when you do at work as an airline pilot. So, uh, you know, is commuting a viable option from where I am now? Yeah, that's true, too. That's another reason we chose to, to be where we are. As a matter of fact, where I am right now, there's a lot of folks uh, with the airline that I work for because of the fact that I'm between cities uh, that we actually serve. So people can have multiple options to get to work, which is kind of important what Robert alluded to there. Uh, the next thing to, to look at on our list here is uh, choosing airlines or what are the schedules like for a typical line holder? Uh, the reason we want to look at that is because, uh, you know, reserve reserve stinks no matter what. So let's look at, at as a typical line holder. There's uh, different system bidding uh, software that's out there. Usually you use software to bid, and it's uh, a lot of people have what's called PBS. We can talk about PBS all the time. What the heck does that mean? That means preferential bidding system. Uh, there's also ones where you put in a line bid, physically put in each number of the line that you want a line. Uh, and a schedule means like they'll identify a number, say that uh, number, like uh, F123 is for somebody who's flying out of France and uh, line uh, 123. And one of the things that you're going to get is uh, that line that only operates on Mondays and Wednesdays, maybe, when you bid for that line. So you have to look at what days off you want. Also, is that's important, too, is how many days off a typical line holder has. For instance, for me, I get a minimum of 12 days off, but normally I get uh, about 15 days off a month. I was doing 15 to 20 days off a month. I'm back to really doing a full schedule. So, uh, you know, normally about 15. Uh, same thing with other people. They'll go 15 down to 12. There are folks that uh, don't have many days off at all because they choose to fly a whole bunch. Uh, the trip type, you know, what type of trips do you like to do? I, uh, I love doing trips where I get to go on overnights where my friends and family are. One of the, it's it's kind of weird, but I actually like to do overnights in Newark, New Jersey, because that's where I'm from. And uh, people say, well, that's pretty easy to get those. Uh, with the airline I work for, a, a kind of a strange thing, an anomaly, is that Newark actually goes kind of senior because those trips are actually very high value. We'd go back to that value of the trips, you know, what uh, meaning that not all trips are the same. 
you think that you go to work one day and you're going to get paid the same as everybody else. It's not true. If you fly eight hours in one day as opposed to flying one hour in one day, you're going to get paid differently, obviously. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> but uh, so there are trips that are very high value, and a lot of times that turns out to be our newer trips. Uh, there's another thing, too, is, is uh, one of the things, you know, Robert just talked about, your ability to drop or pick up for, for money. So, for instance, the ability to drop, obviously you're going to lose money on that. Uh, you might be able to swap it out for, say, paid time off or something like that. When you drop a trip, you can have the choice of either getting paid to drop that trip or not. That comes out of a bank usually. Uh, and also, do you have the ability to pick up on your days off? And how much can you pick up to make some extra money? Not only that, another cool thing is when you're a line holder, find out how many options there are for picking up at time and a half, double time, or even triple time. A lot of airlines have that set up. So something to look into you know, we have people that are making oodles of money because they're dropping their whole regular schedule and then they're picking up on their days off at time and a half and double time. And that's all they will do is is pick up on those days. Another little trick, and we're going to do this in another episode, is how to make money as, as an airline pilot, is uh, people will actually pick up trips for people with people, I should say, with pilots that are check airmen. So, for instance, if I'm a first officer and I'm flying with a check airman, that check airman a lot of times has to do a line check or something, and they pull me off the trip, but they still pay me for the trip. And they have another person, say they're doing IOE, they have them fly my trip, and I sit at home and I get paid to do that. So that's really, really cool. Uh, the, the other thing is uh, to look at is vacation and accrual. You know, uh, how much vacation do you actually get? Uh, what type of accrual do you have for the vacations? When you start off as a junior person, you may get uh, start with two weeks of vacation in some places, or maybe one week, and it goes up from there. Some systems have a, a monthly allocation or accrual system, like the company I work with, we have a, an accrual system on a monthly basis, and you can use that those numbers for a vacation. So some people will actually accrue a bunch in one year and take a whole bunch of vacations the next year. How do they dole out their vacations? That's quite important, too. Some do it differently. So you may be at an airline for 20 years and get really bad vacations, never get a summer vacation off. Other airlines, they might be a little more equitable. So these are things to look at in these contracts, and those are available uh, online. I know we were talked about putting that as a database. Right now, we're just working on a database of scholarships and, and also doing you know the interview preps, that kind of thing. But all sorts of real ideas to, to look at there. So anyway, Robert, uh, what's our, our next uh, uh, consideration when you're looking towards an airline? Sure, Carl. And if I can uh, just uh, address one point with the uh, reserve stuff on the uh, schedules, uh, if, if you don't mind. Oh, please if I do. go back for a second. Yes, yes. Okay, um, with, with the reserves, it kind of goes into the what type of flying would you like. Uh, I know uh, for certain companies have short call, means that usually you have typically around a two-hour call-out time, and other companies will have long call where you'd have 12 hours uh, to get called out. So those long call reserves will allow you to commute from a city as long as you can get to your domicile within, uh, t you know, within 12 hours. So that's kind of one of the considerations that uh, might be taken into account if you're going to spend extended time on reserve. Uh, in addition, uh, it's not like this for my company, but other companies that do a lot of wide body flying and a lot of international flying, a reserve goes real senior because typically most people end up sitting on reserve 
when they're out, uh, when they're when they're on a, you know, usually more senior, it goes reserve because he can sit at home most of the time and not get called out. So that ends up being really good for a lot of people because they, they won't go, they'll end up being in reserve and not going to work. So um, those are just things that kind of consider quality of life wise uh, that you can consider when you're looking at reserve type situations for different companies. We don't have anything like that at my company. If you're on reserve, you usually end up working pretty hard. But uh, yeah, it's just one thing I wanted to throw out there. Um, That's that great, there is Robert. some a little bit of yeah, there's a little bit of consideration with just with just the reserve stuff as well too. And uh, with the vacation, um, depending on what bid systems that you have uh, with the accrual, also you got to think about with with different companies um, what their vacation looks like. My company, um, and I know it's like this for a lot of other companies uh, that have straight line bidding system, which isn't the preferential bidding system. But if you have a trip that touches your vacation week, that trip drops out so that usually ends up being pretty lucrative as far as getting a lot of days off and then you can pick up on days off uh, for next month i have 24 days off because i got one week to touch two trips so um those are some considerations just kind of get a feel for what the rules look like at the different companies that you're at um like i said they do different from company to company but uh yeah thanks for letting me go back and address that those are just two points i wanted to throw out there and uh, to get to what you're asking, the next bullet point uh, is uh, what does the overall uh, contract and quality of life looks like? Uh, so this kind of dovetails what we were talking about. Um, one of the big ones is 401k match. Uh, the 401k match uh, differs from company to company. Uh, pretty much all companies have a 401k of some uh, sort or another uh, where you really get into the uh, the – I guess a mix of things. If you look, and I know this has been discussed before as well too, but um, many of the companies, a lot of the legacies and some of the majors have a B fund uh, where they will actually can put in, uh, match your your salary. So let's say uh, you're making X amount of dollars a year. They're going to put in 15, uh, typically the enormous 15 to 70% of your money into what they call a B fund in your 401k. So you, you don't contribute any of that. You don't have any contributions, you automatically put that into your 401k. Other companies have just a straight match. Well, they'll match up to the next amount of percent, 9%, 10%. So you'll have a match. So uh, look at that. That makes quite a difference in your retirement uh, going forward when you do the compounding interest and how much you're actually getting put into your 401k account when you go towards retirement. So that's something to consider. Uh, the other thing, too, is does the airline have a profit sharing uh, many airlines do have profit sharing, so they'll share those profits uh, with the uh, with the um, uh, you know, the employees. Uh, typically, uh, that can pay out in a lot of different ways. Uh, many airlines have a cash option uh, where they'll just pay you out cash and a check. Many airlines have the ability to put it into a 401k and roll that into a 401k. So uh, that makes a huge difference, especially if you're at a profitable airline, and uh, most airlines are doing really well right now. And I mean, we everything's cyclical, but we certainly hope that keeps going for a long time to come. But uh, that makes a huge difference because then you get a nice bump into your 401k or you get a big check at the end of the year when they divvy out the uh, profit sharing. Uh, so that's something to look into. Just kind of see where, where they're at. How, does that make a difference in pay? What you know? What are what are uh, typically most pilots earning in that? Um, then you have extra earning potentials too. Uh, and I know you were going to get a lot into, more into the weeds with this. Uh, with the with your financial advisor, but um, you know a lot of companies have once you hit that 401k limit uh, for the max contribution. What kind of 
other programs does that airline have where you can kind of funnel the money and hide your money in there? Uh, and then uh, another thing to consider is health insurance benefits. Uh, this is a big one. What does the airline have for health insurance? Uh, do you do, do you end up paying a high premium and not getting a lot for it, or you know is a is a health insurance premium is pretty much covered? Uh, that makes a huge difference, and I know uh, I really see this making a difference a lot with new hires. When you're on the bottom end of that pay scale, granted this is a very temporary a temporary problem, but it does make a difference for people. When you're on the bottom of that pay scale. How much are you paying a month in, in health insurance premiums? What's your max out of pocket? Uh, and even not so much first year, it, it makes a difference for everybody because uh, as health cares keep going up and, and rising, uh, you, you kind of got to figure that into your overall budget and how much you're willing to spend, how much you're willing to save, uh, what kind of discretionary income are you going to have. So uh, those are all just kind of uh, large considerations, quality of life-wise, towards the airline that you're going to want to think of uh, and, and get a whole scope of what the – it's because – one one thing I know, Carl, we were talking about when we started this episode is going, okay, everyone just looks at what the hourly wage, <laughs> yeah. wage is and what's the hourly rate. It's so much oh, more yeah. complicated than just what the hourly rate is. It all wraps into one big it, – it's all very, um, very intertwined and interconnected. Okay, because you have your quality of life. Can you pick up? Can you drop what you were just talking about? How many days off? Do you have the ability to pick up extra – Okay, now what are you paying in health insurance? How much are you getting 401k? It's just all very connected uh, towards a big quality of life picture for that particular airline. So when you look at it, you got to look at all these extra things. You can't just look at, okay, here's the hourly rate. That's it. That's what I'm going to shoot for. Interesting you brought that up because if you notice, we really haven't talked about that that much because it's so obvious to be able to find those numbers. They're out there on the Internet, uh, but it's not just about the hourly rate. And, uh, you know, I've been a union rep in the past, and I've always talked to people about this and said it's not only the hourly rate. It's what's in your paycheck that's most important. Uh, to go back on a couple other things, uh, just to add on the 401k match, some some airlines have a hybrid system where they give you that B fund, actually contribution, and then they match something you put in. So say the first uh, 5% or so, and they match that 5%, plus they put monies in afterwards. So some actually have a, hi- a hybrid system there. And another thing that you had mentioned about the putting money into your 401k and having that choice uh, with your profit sharing, one thing that can happen, especially as you start making more money as an airline pilot, there's a maximum amount of money that you can contribute to your 401k. And of course, we talk about this with the financial guy on the show, but uh, I think it was it 2017, it's 54,000. Don't quote me on that. Look it up on the internet, but I think it's around 54,000. There are times uh, when it's easy to go over that 54,000 total contribution between what you put in and what the company matches or the company puts in. Because once, say you get... You'd be surprised at how big these profit-sharing checks are, and uh, that you can bump up against that fifty-four thousand. Do you worry about that? No, because all the computer systems will stop you once you hit the max of fifty-four thousand dollars for that year for the contribution into your four hundred one k. They'll stop contributing. They'll let you know, and they'll say, "No, you can't do that. You're going to have to take this as a paycheck and also a contribution into your four hundred one k." That type of thing. So, just something to look at, something to think about there uh, as you start making more. And there's people that. 
put in a ton of money into their, you know, as their part of the contribution to 401k. And, uh, and again, we're going to have a financial guy talk a little bit about that. That's Andy, by the way, and uh, Airspeed and Money. He's a real good guy. And uh, he, we're coming up on another episode for, with him as far as, you know, what to do as a, as a high-earning uh, airline pilot and, and different considerations. A lot of those considerations are not only for, for high-wage earners. It's for everybody. But uh, some of those, those ideas we have are throughout. Anyway, moving on to our sixth and our last you know, consideration that we have in, in our list uh, for choosing the right airline for you uh, is the overall employee management relationship. And this can really, really be interesting. It also is something that is truly dynamic. It can change over time. You can have incredible relationships starting out and things can change, especially if you know that you're getting into a contract negotiations. Things can get a little bit tough, a little sticky. Uh, you know, your attitude of the whole pilot group towards management and also the attitudes of individuals. It's really important to find out from people how they, they treat the airline. Now, uh, a little caveat here is you might want to have a large pool of people to talk to to really find out uh, how they treat the airline and how, or excuse me, how the airline treats the employees, uh, especially the pilots, because if you talk to a few people, they might just be a couple of disgruntled employees. It's better to go to a bigger pot and find out, you know, what are some of the issues. Sometimes there's some some real good, uh, you know, grievances out there. It's like, hey, this has been happening to this pilot group quite a bit, and it's pretty tough, and and it kills morale. Sometimes it's a little thing. Uh, sometimes it's part of a contract where. No, they might be working these guys to death and and gals to death as far as flying is concerned, and it's because of the part of their contract that uh, they got stuck with, and uh, they have to renegotiate later. It also could be uh, the there's a little animosity right now because they are in the middle of negotiations, or maybe there's a really a good feel about the the relationship with management because of the fact that you know that's just the way they are, and also the fact that maybe they just got a really good contract. So those attitudes though can change over time. They can also change a lot of times with financial situations. And that's very true about, in general, pilots looking at the airlines as a career. Their attitudes change dramatically. I've seen ups and downs in this industry many times. And people think it's a great job until it's not a great job. In other words, it's, it's only a good job if people are hiring bunches of people. Well, it's a great job, period. It's just that you're moving upward is, is a lot more quicker if the industry is going in that direction, going upward. Uh, but as far as the overall employee management relationship, some airlines are known for having better relationships with their employees. And uh, I'm not going to mention all those here, but there's some really good ones out there, and, and you'll, you'll know who they are. A lot of times that filters through the way that people, the customers feel about uh, the airline because the way that they treat their employees shows in the way that employees treat the customers, and uh, and you do see a big difference there. Uh, anyway, uh, Robert, did you have anything you wanted to add on to that one as far as the, the overall employee-slash-management relationship? Yeah, just, you know, and I think you kind of touched on it, but, but you know, you, you always have your outliers, the, the, the people who are going to be just miserable no matter what. So you kind of just tune that out. And, and like you said, that large sample size is what you kind of want to strive for. I just ask in different people. And there's not going to be anyone that's totally perfect but just get that overall feel and one of the biggest things is probably there's some good stuff on the internet but guess where everyone goes to complain the internet because <laughs> usually it's kind of a nameless you know you could you could be well people think they're anonymous 
on the internet. So yeah, just be very careful with that. Uh, but you can at least get somewhat of a feel of, of how things are going. But uh, just remember, there's going to be people who are, are always happy no matter what, and will have a positive outlook no matter what, which is great. Uh, and there's uh, people who are going to be completely negative no matter what. And you just kind of want to get that middle ground in there to get the feel of it. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much my, my cautions about that. And those are really good cautions. I, I think a lot of people don't understand uh, and now it goes along, and I did this a long time ago, understand that there is that theory of negativity that I have where people are just negative, and a lot of times they have a tough time saying positive things in general. So it's good to get people alone and ask questions. I'll give you a good example. A lot of folks, uh, you know, say you're within your airline, and there's different bases within that airline. Some people within a base will say, oh, it's a horrible base. You don't want to come here, especially if you're senior to them. So they may just be saying that to you to stop you from coming in. So so find out what their motivation is. It's good to you – know, the Internet does make things open uh, and gives you the ability to talk amongst people. But a lot of times – Look at Facebook. That's a great example. Some of the things people say on Facebook is, are absolutely horrible, but uh, and there's an underlining tone for each of the different airlines. So you might want to go out there and, and look, uh, but take everything, everything with a grain of salt. That's for sure. So that's some great stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you know uh, I was going to say, he, he's. Oh, yeah. go ahead. No, I was going to say, that one of the things... Houston's that, a terrible base. <laughs> I used to listen to you. It's a terrible base. If you're senior to me, it's horrible. Don't come here. If you're junior, it's great. If you're senior, you got to swim to work right now. It's just, you, you want to go somewhere else. And I'm sitting here saying, Orlando is a horrible base. Everybody wants to go to Houston. You know? <laughs> so the, uh, but, you know, it all depends on, on, on what way you look at things. As a matter of fact, uh, just jokingly, I always tell anybody who's senior to me, I'll do your interview prep for free. Because I know you'll be getting off the seniority list, and, and I'll be moving up one. Uh, but you know, it all you have to look at people's motivations, you know, as to why they're doing things. Uh, you know, one thing that I really appreciate is uh, Robert put most of this list together. One of the things that I think is really important is the fact. Do you notice we didn't talk about pay rates? I mean, pay rates are important. It is something to look at, but it's not everything. Most airlines pay fairly similarly. Uh, there are some that are outliers, like you said, and things go up and down, but they don't all go up together. Uh, they take steps, and sometimes some take large leaps and leave people behind, and sometimes people also get a large leap, but sometimes it's later than the other ones. So, And then sometimes you go backwards. You know, Some airlines go backwards while other ones are going forward, especially during recessionary periods, uh, something we really haven't talked about is the type of airline. We talked about long haul, that type of thing. But sometimes some of the discount airlines uh, and value airlines, they do better during recessions. Uh, so that's something to consider if you're worried about uh, being furloughed uh, with a large airline. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's basically all we have as far as the different considerations. If you have some considerations you think were important for this list, send us some e an email, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Also, uh, as far as picks of the week, I didn't ask... Uh, uh, Robert to come up with one, but we do have one that was given to me by somebody which I thought was really cool. And if you're an airline pilot listening to this right now, I'd like you to verify it, and it's going to be my pick of the week. It's the different domiciles, and it's really neat. Uh, I think it was somebody I was doing a coaching session with uh, showed this to me. I usually have them in my head, uh, but this actually it enables you to not have it in your head anymore. It's called Pilot Domiciles. 
gmail.com. And this person says they keep them up to date. Uh, we may actually have the person on if they want to come on the uh, the show and talk a little bit about that. But what a great service. This is only in the U.S. right now. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, they're going to also have one for throughout the country. But it's Pilot Domiciles, for instance, in the state of Texas, which is getting hit real hard, uh, you have many different airlines. If you look at Dallas-Fort Worth, you have American, Envoy, Mesa, Spirit, and ExpressJet. And he keeps those up to date. So if you live in Dallas-Fort Worth, that might be something you're picking. By the way, another thing you'll see on the internet, and this I've been hearing this a lot in coaching sessions, is you know currently pick where you want to live uh, and pick the airline based on where you want to live and where you want to commute from. Uh, because And you have that choice now. Before, you didn't have that choice. You just went to whatever airline you could find and possibly moved to base or you decided to commute. And we talked about that. Commuting can be a, a real hassle. But I tell you what, if you live in paradise, commuting is not so bad. <laughs> so something, something to consider there. Well, gosh, Robert, thanks so much for doing this. And put, Robert was the main driver behind this list, and he really wanted to do this. And I really appreciate you bringing up this idea for the different considerations when choosing an airline because it's not straightforward. It's not just about the pay. Everybody talks about the pay. It's not it, is it? No, it's not. And, you know, really the list just came about, honestly, was just I'm going, okay, what, what do we always talk about when we're trying to move forward? And what do we always talk about with just different people we were flying with in the flight deck and you know especially at the regionals we spent hours and hours and hours just talking on the flight decks and talking with our friends and everyone we know in the industry who's trying to move on what were the things that came up uh what were the things that were our big hot hot topic issues that came up for where we wanted to go and that's kind of this this boils down to what mainly most of our conversations were about so that's how the list got started and you know you might not have a uh, you, you might not have multiple airlines to choose from or a choice. You might just go with the first person who calls because that's who call and, and that's the next step to moving on. And that's fine. Um, and, and, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. And uh, I, I think, though, if, if you want to keep moving forward and you have specific airlines that you're really trying to get onto, these would be some things that, that you might want to consider. So uh, I know for, for me and my journey, there are certain airlines that I, I applied to. I applied to quite a few. Um, and there was, uh, airlines that uh, I did not apply to because he did not meet my criteria. Uh, and for one reason or another, it wasn't going to work. Most of them were domiciles to be quite honest with you. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's how the, the list was born. And now we're talking about picking airlines and picking jobs in general. It's uh, all these things you can look at. You can kind of substitute a lot of what they, what we've talked about here with a corporate job, although uh, certain things are just unique to airlines. You know, where do you want to live? What do you want to do? Do you really want to commute to work? Uh, and uh, if you, would you want to live in the bases that they have? That might be rather exciting. Uh, do you want to live in other countries? Because some of these places have bases in other countries. So you never know. This, And I've noticed even in a lot of the coaching sessions, that is a big, big decision amongst most people is where they want to go and the airlines they choose are really based on location and honestly i like that that's happening i like to see that i've made a lot of decisions in my life that weren't strictly financial uh it's hard to put a, a dollar number on living somewhere that you really want to be and being in a, a place that you love and for me um you know i've made a choice where i want to live and gone to a place that I really, really enjoy, and it gives me in the heart of general aviation, and that's on our other pod- podcast, Stuck My Gaffcast. But you know, this is that's my hobby outside of, of work is actually general aviation, 
And uh, people say, oh, it's the same thing. It's really totally different. It's a whole group, of, different group of people. Yeah, there's some airline pilots, but it's a, just a wonderful group of folks out there in the GA world. Just like some people love to ski, another one of my favorite bases was Salt Lake City in Utah. One of the, I mean, I don't ski, but I tell you what, I love looking at the mountains. I love hiking in the mountains. So uh, I had that opportunity to do that there. And gosh, you know what? In Salt Lake City, what? There's Sky West, there's Delta, there's some others. As a matter of fact, to find those, you know, I had had my pick of the week was pilotdomiciles.com. And you can find out who else is out there, you know, and, and they do mention Delta and Sky West. And not only that, you should look at who, who serves those cities uh, and who's been going there quite a bit because you might want to be in a base and that base actually serves Salt Lake City quite often, but it's a different airline. Say it's uh, Southwest that's in Las Vegas or Allegiant, and they serve Salt Lake City quite a bit, and Southwest is the one you want to work for. Well, perfect. Now you can get to Salt Lake City whenever you want to go. Uh, another, another way to choose your airline. But no matter what you do, do me a favor and, and look into all these different ideas and look at yourself, self-reflect, and think about why you want to become an airline pilot and why you want to go to a specific airline. Try to answer that and say to yourself, gosh, you know, I really like this airline because of X, Y, and Z. And yeah, that's going to help you in your interview, of course, but it's going to help you in your life more importantly. And decide what it is you want in your life and try to reflect. Do that, do that today. Make that your one step to move forward in your career. Reflect on why you want to go someplace, why you want to move forward. But do that today. Make that that call in your life. Talk that over with your family and your friends. It's most important. Do that now for me. And if you have any questions, of course, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. If you have any questions you want to talk to me personally, of course, we have the coaching. Uh, check out the video on our website, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash coaching. Folks, it's been great talking to you. We'll talk to you next episode and, and try to stay dry out there if you're in the Texas area. Take care now. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.